Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Man, oh man. Two days until October, folks. And I'm not kidding, it's two days until October when I'm recording this. Obviously, by the time you're hearing it, it will be October 3rd. Second, really, third. Depends on when you start. Probably later. I'm, I don't expect you to listen as, to the show as soon as it drops, because it drops late at night. But that's just how things go. But anyway, I'm your host, Nick, as always, and welcome to Nick's Nerd News. Bit of a, a fun week here to talk about some, some things, and some awesome news in the Marvel... Marvel Universe world, but sorry, I'm just looking at my notes here, and it looks like I left off some important things. We'll get to that. We will get to that, though. And let me see here. What's going on? Let's let's get right into video games, huh? Shall we? As per usual, I uh, just kind of want to go into the upcoming launch schedule for everything, uh, as it's the fall season pretty much begins in September when it comes to video games, but. Yeah, uh, so here, let, let's just do the fall release calendar here. Destiny 2 Shadowkeep releases on October 1st, Tuesday, uh, along with Destiny New Light, which is the free-to-play version uh, for people who had never played before, uh, with everything up until Forsaken being available. Or Shadowkeep, I think. Excuse me. Then Ghost Recon launches on October 4th, which is Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, a lot of games coming out on Fridays lately. WWE 2K20 releases October 22nd, followed by Call of Duty on October 25th. The Outer Worlds, Obsidian's new RPG, also releases on October 25th. Luigi's Mansion on Switch on October 31st. Planet Zoo on PC uh, uh, November 5th. Death Stranding November 8th. Need for Speed Heat also releases on November 8th. Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition releases on the 14th of November followed by Pokemon and Jedi Fallen Order, both on November 15th. And to round out those few months, Doom Eternal releases on November 22nd. Now, there are a lot more games that are coming out in that time frame. I think these are just ones that pertain to at least my audience. I know there's a lot more things that people want to play. You can go seek those calendars out yourself. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm just not talking to them just because mainly they don't really pertain to me and yeah, I know that's a disservice to some of you guys, but I mean, you're you're, you're listening to me for my opinions on things that I, I know that I like, that you might like, that you want to hear about. So there's other things, just these are things that I keep an eye on, essentially. And uh, like I said, that that's for the next two months or so there for, for releases, uh, at least to have you guys uh, ready to go for the Christmas season, if, if you're looking for stuff. Uh, let's get right into the real real news here, though. Kind of tying up from last week, uh, that tease that happened uh, in regards to Batman Day and those images that WB Montreal put out. Well, it looks like it looks like it, it's definitely going to be a Court of Owls game. Uh, Scott Snyder tweeted out to say, beware the Court of Owls. W Montreal then put out an official image of that symbol that they put out that looks a lot like the symbol of the Talons, which are these crazy creatures that the court of owls created to fight batman and they said capture the knight so maybe we're playing as a villain maybe 
you'll get to spend half the game as Talon. That that'd be interesting. I, I I doubt that that's the truth, but we'll see. I'm sure we'll know more by the time the Game Awards rolls around. A lot of people thought it was going to be announced at either PlayStation's State of Play, which is on Tuesday, or Xbox. What do they call that? Uh, Inside Xbox, their live show that they do every other month as well. But uh, sadly, neither of those things happened. So uh, some people are expecting an announcement at the Game Awards. I, I don't see any gaming thing happening between now and then unless it's at XO19, which is Xbox's. Uh, it's like a, a live event for fans that they do announcements and stuff at. That's in London in next month, I should say, or uh, in November because it is uh, It's pretty much October. So that's what's happening. Uh, We also got a new trailer for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. As time goes on, this game looks better and better and and more intuitive. And uh, it looks like it's a a really spiritual successor to both The Force Force Unleashed, not The Force Awakens, and, and to those old Jedi Knight games like Jedi Outcast and things like this. And I really, really cannot wait. I, I'm just, I'm so excited. It looks like we're finally going to get a really, really good Star Wars game. Granted, I, I know Battlefront has been releasing a lot of updates recently, and they finally added Clone Commandos and a lot of other stuff. And I'm, I'm not talking about a game years after launch. I'm talking about a game at launch being awesome and and not falling through the cracks. And, and it looks like Respawn is, is going to deliver on that in, in, in November. Uh, we also got an announcement from Google. Uh, they announced that they're gonna they are releasing something called Google um, Google Play Pass, and it's actually out now. And it's a competitor to Apple Arcade, essentially. And users can opt to pay $4.99 a month. A special offer for $1.99 a month for the first year is currently available. Uh, this is per IGN. Um, you'll gain access to more than 350 apps, and uh, not just games. And with that. Uh, New games and apps are added monthly. Uh, Google has said that it will feature anything in the Play Pass will feature zero ads, in-app purchases, or paywalls. Um, They did release a trailer that you can see online. Uh, It will include the mobile version of Stardew Valley, Monument Valley 1 and 2, Terraria, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, Limbo, Old Man's Journey, and and a whole lot more other games. Um, So if um, if you're not an Apple user... This might be an alternative for you. A lot of other, a lot of other games coming. It looks looks pretty cool. Um, and uh, per Google, it says developers earn a royalty that incorporates time subscribe time subscribers spend in their app, and captures how users value all types of content, from weather apps to epic endless runners. The statement uh, they said they're also they also said we're continuously refining the model to make sure it fairly rewards titles that bring the highest user value. Interesting. We'll see how that plays out and see how it does competing against Apple Arcade. No surprise there that they won't want to come out with some kind of competitor. I mean, look at look at Game Pass and how well that's doing for Microsoft. So it, it makes sense. It makes sense that this is where we're heading towards, essentially. Uh, some bad news for Bethesda and Fallout 76. And, who, and everyone thought that nightmare was over. But, oh, okay. Well, apparently, uh, excuse me. As I'm reading now, they are not they are not from the Fallout 76 Power Armor Edition. Uh, there was a recall. Um, it says that a uh, apparently these wearable helmets of, of the the Power Armor 
is a breeding ground for mold and bacteria, resulting in the recall of over 20,000 units. Uh, this was first reported by Dual Shockers, but I guess now that I'm reading this, Bethesda released a statement. The helmets that are being recalled are not from our Fallout Power 70, 76 Power Armor Edition, but are instead a different line of helmets sold exclusively by GameStop. The Fallout 76 Power Armor Edition helmets are unaffected. Consumers should visit product recall page for instructions if they have purchased the GameStop helmet. Uh, this was due to 32 units out of the 20K units manufactured were sold to consumers. And, oh, so I wonder how many of the 20,000 were actually sold. I was going to say, I don't think they made 20,000 of those $200 Power Armor Editions. But now that I'm thinking about it, uh, the recall does say... Mold can be present on the fabric insert inside of the helmet, posing a risk of respiratory or other infections in individuals with compromised immune systems, damaged lungs, or an allergy to mold. So, definitely look at that, especially if you bought the GameStop version of the Power Armor helmet from Fallout 76. Not the Bethesda version, the GameStop version. So just be aware of the situation. Speaking of trailers, as we were just speaking of a few... The new Call of Duty Modern Warfare campaign trailer that was released at PlayStation State of Play is amazing. No, 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 not just amazing. It's fucking amazing. Because it's clearly showing how Modern Warfare has evolved in the last 12, 10 plus years or so since the original. And it, it's very indicative of what you'd expect a modern uh, war or engagement to play out, especially with like Spec Ops type characters and things like this. Uh, it's very heavy on price this time, and some other characters. Clearly you're helping freedom fighters in some part of the Middle East or Russia or things like this. Uh, looks like we're going back to Chernobyl in some form. I cannot wait. That looks like there's some, some crazy shenanigans going down in this thing. And we are just under a month away, folks from what's probably the most anticipated Call of Duty game in a decade. And as I stated last week, the the beta was amazing. I cannot I I I cannot wait to play it. It it was running smoothly. Uh clearly there's a very minor adjustments that have to be made for multiplayer. It it's just it's going to be fun all around and and I for one am very 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 excited not too much longer till we have to play and I'm going to be spending a lot of time in that game even with all these other games coming out that that's for damn sure. Uh, we got an announcement that Civilization 6 is heading to consoles. Uh, it it has been on Nintendo Switch for about a year if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it will release for Xbox and PS4 on November 22nd. So, you know, another game in November for you to look forward to. Uh, we did were we were already speaking about Sony's state of play. Uh, we did get announcements and a trailer for Last of Us Two. Last of Us Two isn't really. I never really got into the first one. I'm not big on like zombie type games. Um, I know Naughty Dog can really do no wrong at this point. I love the Uncharted games. I just don't think I don't think the Last of Us Two is really for me. Uh, they did announce several different special editions. I think some of them are already sold out, and. Uh, so this the the game releases on February 21st next year. Uh, they did announce that they are going to be shooting more for it to be able to run on the, the the vanilla PS4 and not the PS4 Pro. 
Uh, I some people decry that. I think that's great. Just because uh, just because they're focusing on that doesn't mean it's going to run well on a PS4 Pro. I mean, I, I can't speak to that because I don't own a PS4 Pro, but they do that with Xbox games, and, and some of them are, are beefed up on the X, and they, they look really nice. But, I mean, it, it's all personal preference. Uh, but the first version is the Special Edition, uh, which comes with a really nice steelbook and art book. Uh, that is priced at $79.99, so that's an $80 uh, package. It comes with a dynamic theme, PS, PSN avatars, and uh, an ammo capacity upgrade in Crafting Manual. And that is a, a two-disc game. I didn't think two-disc games were still a thing. I mean, well, Rocks, uh, Red Dead was, but that game's enormous. I guess uh, Last of Us 2 is going to be a little more open world than the previous one and, and some other. They kind of hinted at that kind of in the last two Uncharted games. So they've been working on that. The next one is the Collector's Edition, which is priced at $159.99. Uh, it does include the game, the Steel, the steel Book. Uh, this one also comes with a 12-inch Ellie statue uh, playing a guitar in an Amray case. Comes with premium packaging, 48-page mini art book that also came in the last one. You get a version of Ellie's bracelet, six pins, four stickers, avatar set, digital soundtrack, digital art book, and an access to the making of documentary. And then the ultimate one, uh, it's called the Last of Us Part Two Ellie Edition, is priced at $249.99. Uh, so it comes with all this the statue. Uh, the difference on this one, though, is you get a real backpack matching Ellie's. Uh, is an Amray case, a steelbook case, premium packaging. Uh, you get a logo patch, a lithograph art print, a thank you letter, and a 7-inch vinyl record fe featuring music from the, the soundtrack, including the pins and the stickers and, and everything else like that, which that's uh, pretty cool, actually. If uh, you're willing to spend, uh, willing to spend the money on it, though, of course, that that's that's something that you you, you want to have to spend the money on. Otherwise, and you got to be like an Uber fan to, to drop that kind of money on a on a a version of the game. What's this? If you pre-order the standard edition, uh, you'll get an in-game ammo capacity upgrade. Um, you can also get The Last of Us Remastered. Is also one of the free games this month on PSN Plus. Uh, for the whole month of October, so we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But that's what you get in The Last of Us options, and the trailer is online now for those of you uh, wanting to check all that out. On to other news here. Uh, Oculus Quest is now going to have the ability to play Oculus Rift games. Uh, Oculus Quest is the PC-less version of uh, the Oculus headset. Uh, they recently had a, like conference of sorts where they made a whole lot of new announcements like the uh, the new Vader Immortal episode 2 which is the the, the Darth Vader the Darth Vader VR game uh, and then uh, part of that though we also got the announcement that Medal of Honor is coming back yes you heard that right Medal of Honor is making a return however it's not in the way you might have expected it is returning as a VR game uh, it's being made by Respawn who can do no wrong at this point and it will be exclusive to the Oculus Rift and Oculus, Oculus Quest as they are the ones publishing the game for Respawn and EA. Which is kind of weird that Oculus is publishing it and not EA because EA owns Respawn. I'm not even... that's going to hurt my brain if I go down that rabbit hole. But be on the lookout for that. And that should be uh, real fun for everybody. 
and I, I still can't believe, um, I still can't believe it's Medal of Honor. Medal of Honor is coming back. That's crazy. That's nuts, in my opinion. Uh, not, not nuts in a good way, I should say. Not not nuts in a, in a bad way. Just to clarify that, really. Sadly, I won't be partaking yet, as I have yet to hop on the the Oculus bandwagon. I'm still thinking about it. I don't have a great equilibrium, so I'm, I'm a little cautious when it comes to VR. Uh, but it is something I am considering. We also learned that Apex Legends will be getting a new map on the 1st. Uh, it's the first time the game is getting a, a change to the map. It will begin with Season 3, which, like I said, begins October 1st. So if you guys are still playing Apex, I know there's a lot of you out there, you can check out a new map that will be be playable uh, with your new hero as well that uh, was recently made available uh, if he doesn't come out on, on the 1st with Season 3. And I might be misspeaking here. But anyway, they're all available October 1st, for that matter, uh, if you want to get back in uh, since since launch. Uh, Nintendo and the Pokemon Company announced that they will be getting a 24-hour live stream of Sword and Shield on October 4th, uh, showing gameplay taking place in the forest of the game, the main forest of the game. I, I can't think of it offhand, but... They pretty much say to, to watch, to check out the mechanics of the game, uh, and essentially are, are teasing are, are teasing the, the, the announcement of new Pokemon as well, which which is, is, is not unexpected. Not unexpected at all. And I'm not going to be watching, because, you know, work and life and things like that, but I, I will be watching the recap for sure to see, to see what, what gets announced. And then... Uh, Microsoft also announced at their Inside Xbox that you can now sign up for Project X X Cloud Preview Program. Uh, you know where you can stream games to your phone, your tablet, your PC, things like this from your Xbox. I, I think it's only available to iOS users right now, and it's only available in South Korea, the U.S., and the United Kingdom. You can sign up on their website. Uh, they'll ask you some questions about what phone you use, things like this. I I already signed up. I'm hoping I get the invite. Um, they are looking to see how that goes, uh, to test it out, because it is a, a big ambitious thing. I don't expect that to launch for a year or so, or sometime next year, but that, that is something that is, is coming, and it is happening. And it does represent the future of gaming in, in some capacity, really. And I, I just want to touch on something here at the end. A lot of people are freaking out about this new exclusivity deal that Activision signed with Sony in regards to Call of Duty. And while maps and everything like that are going to be uh, free of charge and things like this, no real um, uh, season pass this time as, as everyone's going to get it day in, day launch, because it, it is cross-play. They don't want to lock anyone out. They did say that a portion of the spec op, special ops mode uh, survival mode will be exclusive to PlayStation 4 for a year. So people will not get to play this on Xbox until the next Call of Duty is coming out, essentially. And it says Spec Ops Survival Mode play first on PS4. Uh, down at the bottom it says timed exclusive content until October 1st, 2020. Now, I, like a lot of other people, read this as, oh wow, a whole portion of the game is not available at launch. That's really fucking stupid considering I have to play, pay full price just like everybody else. However, before we all lose our shit, and granted, exclusivity deals are, are still not a great thing, and luckily they've started to die on the vine, slowly, 
Um, and surprisingly, a lot of PS4 players were not happy about this either. The Infinity Ward narrative director did come on and say uh, the survival mode is 1% of the game. Uh, everything else, the other 99%, is simultaneous day and date across all platforms. Uh, that That's on his official Twitter. No word yet on, on how true or what the reality of the situation is. But while, yes, there are some things that are, are definitely... Uh, worth being upset about and there's a lot of other things that that do not deserve praise and in any way shape or form it's definitely worth noting that once this game comes out we should really really take a good hard look at things and and see if it if we should be upset or or not and and that's definitely something we need to consider But, but i think we really need to calm down a little in in terms of outrage don't get me wrong this is something still to be angry about but i i think in terms of the level of outrage is a little too extreme in this case um and and let's reserve ourselves to see what the final product is uh and kind of rounding out games here uh we got the announcement for games with gold and psn plus games or ps plus games for next month uh, for our games with gold in October, uh, Tembo the Badass Elephant, the 1st through the 31st. This is a game made by Game Freak, one of their few non-Pokemon games. It's a, a very fun platformer where you get to play as a like super powerful elephant and, and like destroy this, this island. Really great. Really, 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 really good. And and that's something definitely worth worth checking out. Then from uh, the 16th through the 15th of November is the Friday the 13th game, which I'm kind of shocked to see there. I guess the lawsuit and everything regarding that game and the franchise has all been settled. Uh, on 360 and backwards compatible, from the 1st through the 15th, you get Disney's Bolt. And then the 16th through the 30, 31st, you get Ninja Gaiden 3. On PS Plus, for the whole month of October, you get MLB The Show 19, which is last year's uh, the show, which is one of the, uh, it's pretty much the only baseball sim on, on the planet. I mean, there, there's no MLB, um, game for the Xbox currently, mainly because, oh, the show 19 came out this year. Excuse me. Um, I don't know why I said that, but anyway, there's no MLB sponsored game on the Xbox, mainly because Sandy, uh, Sony Interactive San Diego makes, uh, makes the show. So that that that's a, a Sony developed game really. Uh and then also like I said earlier The Last of Us Remastered is available all of October for your gaming pleasure. And that's it to wrap up games. Uh let's kind of move into to to movies, uh TV, excuse me, TV. Uh the Emmys were last week while we were recording. I uh, just want to cover some things here. Uh, Game of Thrones won Best Drama, no surprise there. Jason Bateman, though, ended up winning Best Drama Director uh, for a show or miniseries, and he won for his show The Ozarks, which is a very, very popular show on Netflix. Uh, uh, Fleabag won Best Comedy, beating out uh, some other great comedies. Uh, Peter Dinklage won Best Drama Supporting Actor, no, no surprise there. The Adam Sandler episode won... Uh, at the SNL Adam Sandler hosted episode one for best comedy uh, director, surprisingly, uh, for an episode or, or sketch or something. I, uh, the category is all over the place. 
um, which is really fitting, especially because that was the, the the tribute to to Chris Farley. And then Black Mirror Bandersnatch won Best TV Movie or Miniseries. That was a shocker. Netflix coming in hot over there. So the thing is that that would not that gets nominated for an Emmy but not an Oscar because it's a TV movie and not a theatrical level production. So Netflix has TV movies and then they have like theatrical quality movies. So Banner Snatch is a TV movie because it's an extended episode essentially of a television series and that that's the the differentiation there. So big big night for HBO there. Then we got some news uh, regarding some TV shows, uh, so Jared Paladecki of Supernatural fame is going to star in the new Walker, Texas Ranger reboot, which will just be called Walker, which is expected to be on CBS next year. So that that's, of all the reboots that are happening, that is the one I least suspected. Uh, the Ghost Rider show at Hulu is uh, officially dead. Uh, this was going to star Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider that was most recently seen in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and it was actually going to have the same actor portraying him. Uh, but Hulu has uh, passed on on the opportunity to make uh, the show. I'm really confused here. Disney's going to have Marvel shows on the Disney Plus, on regular television, and on Hulu, and they're all different. Like, talk about confusion. At least DC, like, has them all connected on their respective networks. Like, ridiculous. I don't know what's going on over there. Um, we also got news in regards to the Kenobi TV show at Disney+. Plus. Uh, per The Hollywood Reporter, Deborah Chow is in talks or has essentially signed on to direct the show. No word yet on if it's going to be the entire show or just a few episodes. Uh, she, this isn't her first time in the Disney universe as she actually directed two episodes of the Mandalorian and she actually has some, some done some other high profile work for television. So, so she knows what she's doing. She knows handle how to handle a big budget, things like this. Uh, so it, it's, it's no surprise that they pick someone like her. Obviously, whatever she did for those two episodes of the Mandalorian really helped her get the, the Kenobi show. Uh, Netflix announced... Uh, some new shows and uh, some old shows. BoJack Horseman will end with season six. Part one will air on October 25th. And part two will air on January 31st. Um, this is melancholy for me. I, I BoJack Horseman is probably one of the best written shows in a very long time. It is a adult-oriented cartoon it, it deals with adult situations and depression and things that I, I really hope I, I hope Bojack ends things on on a on a good note I, I don't um, I, I don't want it to at, end on a sad note I, I hope something good happens to this man he he has just been through the ringer and, and granted not a lot of that is is anyone's fault but his own and I I just I I hope I hope that this turns out well and I I hope to see that that a lot of the characters get um a lot of the characters get get a good send-off and 
and things like this. And it 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 looks like they're kind of turning tables with with Mr. Peanut Butter and, and things like this. So I just I I don't want this to end on a bad note. That 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 that's all I'm really gonna say about that. Uh, they also announced that their Sandman show, based off the Neil Gaiman comic book series, will try to follow the graphic novel as much as possible um, when that show gets started into production. Uh, and then, um, before we kind of get into the, the Arrowverse stuff, uh, some of the new shows started premiering last week, and I, I did watch a couple that had piqued my interest. And I'll say this. Uh, Perfect Harmony, the new Bradley Martin, uh, Bradley Whitford show where he plays a disgruntled professor taking over for a small town choir. That show looks like it has potential. It was actually really funny. Um, I gotta make sure I, I record that though for next week, uh, for this week I should say. Uh, the Unicorn, the new CBS show starring Walton Goggins and Rob Corddry and the other guy from Ballers. Another great show about a single father uh, who lost his wife and, and decides to start dating after a year. A lot of good, funny situations there. Uh, Walton Goggins is hilarious. And then him and Rob Cordry actually have a good, um, good chemistry together, so I dig that. And, uh, I mean, Rob Cordry's no um, Danny McBride. And, of course... Walton Goggins is no The Rock, so it it it, it it's good to see them kind of more in a in a tame setting, you know, not as much language as as they're afforded on on HBO. So it'll it'll be interesting to see them play out in a way that you're not used to seeing them, but it, it's definitely something uh, I enjoyed. And then Carol's second act, the new show with Patricia Heaton, uh, it hasn't swayed me yet. I'll give it another go. Uh, I think that's going to be more more in line with what my mom might prefer to watch. Um, just definitely not... I don't think it's something I'm going to stick with. But that those are really the only new shows so far that piqued my interest. Um, and then we do have some, some Arrowverse news. Uh, a surprising casting in regards to Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, they have cast an actor to portray Ryan Choi. Uh, who is most famously known as the second hero to bear the name of the Atom, uh, taking over for um, Ray Palmer. So, especially with Brandon Routh leaving the show, it makes kind of sense that they're going to be trying to find a new person to take over the mantle of the Atom. Um, got some new announcements in, re in regards to cameos or appearances in the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, and it looks like they have snagged Ashley Scott, uh, who will portray the Huntress just like she did from the short-lived Birds of Prey series that aired on the WB in the early 2000s. Looks like they're pulling out all the stops to make sure they get everyone possible uh, to return in in some way, shape, or form uh, as a DC character uh, from the past in the new program. Uh, no word yet on if Dina Meyer or... Any of the other characters will portray them their same characters from Birds of Prey in the crossover. Uh, and speaking of that, um, there's now a new rumor. It's been floating around, obviously, since Crisis was announced. And the fact that Linda Carter was announced uh, to be on Supergirl in some capacity. Now there's some rumors that she will be, be 
be portraying Wonder Woman in the crossover. Uh, no, no real word of 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 uh, if that's true or not just yet. And um, the sad news, though, is Michael Rosenbaum, who was Lex Luthor in Smallville and in the Flash on the Justice League cartoon, will not be um, will not be in the Crisis crossover. Uh, he was offered, um, but he did put out a tweet saying, uh, here you go. Friends, many of you have tweeted and asked me about joining the Infinite Crossover. I can't tell you how much this means to me. I'll just be straight up about this. WB called my agents Friday afternoon when I was in Florida visiting my grandfather in a nursing home. Their offer, no script, no idea what I'm doing, no idea what I'm shooting, basically no money. And the real kick in the ass, we have to know now. My simple answer was pass. I think you can understand why. I hope this answers all of your questions. Lovingly, Rosenbaum. It's a little upsetting. Uh, it's a little petty at the same time. Uh, I, I don't... Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm sure a lot of these people are not doing it for the money. It, it's the CW, okay? Their, their, their star isn't going to uh, rise too high in in this in this particular instance i can get the idea that they're they didn't offer a script they didn't offer a shooting schedule or or what he'd be doing and that that is something that it's understandable but at the same time it's it's not i i i don't think it's advised for him to to be acting like that and especially because like I said, people wanted him to do it. I'm sure he would have gladly done it, but I I think he, I, I think he went a little overboard in his response. Granted, he could just be throwing us all for a loop. I mean, that's a very very Lex Luthor thing to do. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. I mean, how many how many things has he done recently? So it's, I I don't know. I I don't know what what's going on with him and uh, whatever. You know what? Good on him though. Good on him for not bowing down to to them and just giving into their demands. So I'm I'm okay with, um, I'm okay with this for now. But again, like I I said, who knows? Maybe maybe he could be lying and he might be in it and we wouldn't even know. We wouldn't even know. We also got our first look at Brandon Routh in his Kingdom Come Superman outfit. And, and it, it is very good. And it looks looks movie quality. And I cannot wait to see how that actually turns out. Uh, it should be good. Um, man, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I wonder how they're going to play that out, and I, I wonder how they're going to explain that and how they interact. Is he going to be separate from his Superman Returns? Is he going to be similar to his Superman Returns? What what Earth is he going to be from? It will all, all be very, very interesting to see how that, how that, that plays out. And I, I'm I'm all for it. I am all for it. I'm happy that they're doing this. I'm happy that they're bringing a whole lot of uh, 
different, uh, a lot of whole different uh, people in from all over the DC world and, and history and things like this. And I'm more excited, though, to see Kevin Conroy as an older Bruce Wayne and see how that plays out. And, and uh, we have known for a while that the CW was looking to fill the void left by Arrow when Arrow goes off the air at the end of uh, this year, early next year. And the rumor is right now that the new show will be called The Canaries and will take place in the future Star City uh, around Oliver's daughter, an older Dinah, an older Laurel, things like this. And it will all be set in the future. I guess Cat McNamara impressed them very much in her role as Mia Hawk or Mia what they give her last name um was it Mia Smoke or Mia Queen I, I don't know a anyway um I did like the the flash forward storylines a little more than I did the flashback storylines so I, I'm excited to see um if that turns out to be true it's definitely a show I I could get behind that that's that's for certain but I'm sure we'll know more as we get closer and closer to next year. Uh, but that's it for TV news. A little short and simple there. Not a whole lot of TV-ness going on. Uh, but we do have, and I mean, when I say we do have, I mean we got a shit ton of awesome movie news. The biggest story of the week, though, and it seems that the breakup only lasted a month, Spider-Man is officially back in the MCU, with some caveats, but he's back, baby. There is no more missing out on Spider-Man, uh, and this is this was uh, announced by Sony and Disney. They will team up for a third film, um, and this is directly from Kevin Feige, head of Marvel Studios. I am thrilled that Spidey's journey in the MCU will continue, and I and all of us at Marvel Studios are very excited that we get to keep working on it. Spider-Man is a powerful icon and hero whose story crosses all ages and audiences around the globe. He also happens to be the only hero with the superpower to cross cinematic universes. So as Sony continues to develop their own Spideyverse, you never know what surprises the future might hold. So, does that mean Into the Spider-Verse 2 with Tom Holland and connections to the MCU? Does that mean Tom Holland will cross over as that Spidey and they'll allow them to use that storyline in their own movies? I, uh, I don't understand. I really don't. Maybe this will clear things up still. Uh, and then Amy Pascal, the producer, said... This is terrific. Peter Parker's story took a dramatic turn in Far From Home, and I could not be happier. We will all be working together as we see where this journey goes. This has been a winning partnership for the studios, the franchise, and the fans, and I'm overjoyed it will continue. Um, this is all per Variety. Uh, I guess there was an agreement signed last Thursday that involved pretty much everyone. Head of Sony, Feige, head of Disney. Um, so that, that makes sense. Uh, the new deal, apparently, is 25% uh, of the profits will be given to Marvel and Disney. Uh, this is all still per variety. Uh, Disney will still retain the merchandising right, rights and is putting up approximately a quarter of the financing. So, 
they pay for a quarter of it, they get a quarter of the profits, which that means they'll still get a pretty good, pretty good amount of money. Um, this is also, so this new studio, I'm looking for this. Uh, I guess it will be for one movie. And uh, so here it is. Uh, Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige will produce the film starring Tom Holland. This is per IGN. Uh, has a release date of July 16th, 2021. And Spider-Man will also appear in a future MCU film, according to the deal. So this is just for one movie as of right now. So that that's uh, something to get our hopes up for. It will probably end up meaning the deal will just get re- renegotiated at some point. And Disney will probably try to earn their way back to to, to purchasing Spider-Man outright. Um, this is a good sign. Because it, it came out that Sony was developing a Madam Web movie. And I'm just like, if, if there's any hard concrete evidence that we need to show that Sony doesn't know what the fuck they're doing with the Spider-Man franchise or their Marvel properties... It's the fact that they were developing a Madam Web movie. Like, like, get the fuck out of here. Come on, Sony, wake the fuck up. Be smart. You're failing, like, the only thing keeping Sony afloat right now is the PlayStation 4, and I think some of the studio is making a profit. But that's about it. Like, there's rumors that Apple wants to buy Sony outright. Whatever. I, I don't know. I'm um, staying on the Sony track there for a second. Uh, looks like we have uh, another dude, new director now in the running for the Uncharted movie. Uh, Travis Knight, who most recently directed Bumblebee, is now in talks to direct the Uncharted movie starring Tom Holland as a young Nathan Drake. And that movie's supposed to start filming early next year, so... I'm sure they want to get that all locked up as soon as humanly possible. That's for sure. Um, Moving on, we got some awesome, awesome, awesome news coming out of Universal Studios and the Jurassic World franchise. But, Laura Dern, Sam Neill... And Jeff Goldblum are all coming back for the third Jurassic World film. You heard that right, folks, and you're hearing that here on Nixner News. Granted, I didn't I didn't break the story, but we are getting the three original heroes from the original Jurassic Park in the movie that will cap off the saga at this point. Um, Jeff Goldblum even tweeted out uh, i mean he's not a big twitter person he might be I, I don't i just i'm not entirely sure um but he did tweet out or instagram i should say uh, with the quote from the first movie you did it you crazy son of a bitch you did it happy as a clamosaurus to be reunited with my brilliant co-stars from the original jurassic park laura dern and sam neil the prop for the next installment of jurassic world coming soon so that means uh, he'll probably have a bigger role than the cameo he did in, in Fallen Kingdom. And this tells me that it, 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 it's 
going to be written very well and I can't wait to see I can't wait to see how this turns out. I'm I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan, huge Jurassic World fan and I uh I I have no worry in the world about Colin Trevorrow and I I think it's it's like I said last week, I think it's a good thing that maybe he's not on Star Wars. While he would have done a really good Star Wars movie, I have no doubt in my mind, I think it was best that he direct the Jurassic World franchise. And if you ask me, if there's anyone that should take over for Steven Spielberg, if, if Steven ends up not directing the next Indiana Jones movie, if anyone could do it right, I think it's Colin Trevorrow, and, and he's proven that with what he's done with uh, Jurassic World. Uh, Battle at Big Rock, the short film, and I'm sure what will happen with uh, the next Jurassic World film, uh, whatever the third one ends up being called. But I don't think he'll be in line for that because I think I'm pretty sure Indy 5 is supposed to come out in 2021, the same year uh, as um, as the next Jurassic World. So probably not going to have any overlap there. And I'm pretty sure that's Steven's next movie. They're probably going to start filming that soon. Uh, It seems like a lot of controversy, controversy, is brewing over the Joker film. Um, As you all know, it it does release this week. Um, I guess the families of the... and survivors... Of those that were uh, killed and attacked in Aurora, Colorado during the release of The Dark Knight Rises have sent a letter um, asking for Warner Brothers to kind of step down and speak out against gun violence and not support lobbying groups that support it. Um, A lot of people have been saying it's a dangerous film and Um, A lot of movie theaters have have ramped up security and and cops are a little on edge. And, uh, you know, the the army issued a statement warning their soldiers to be careful, uh, worried about incels. Um, And then Warner Brothers actually put out a statement, um, especially in, in response to their to the letter from the Aurora families. They said this. Gun violence in our society is a critical issue, and we extend our deepest sympathy to all victims and families impacted by these tragedies. Our company has a long history of donating to victims of violence, including Aurora, and in recent weeks, our parent company joined other business leaders to call on policymakers to enact bipartisan legislation to address this epidemic. At the same time, Warner Brothers believes that one of the functions of storytelling is to provoke difficult conversations around complex issues. Make no mistake, neither the fictional character Joker nor the film is an endorsement of real-world violence of any kind. It is not the intention of the film, the filmmakers, or the studio to hold this character up as a hero. And, And obviously, anyone who's read a comic knows that. And... A lot of people are calling it a dangerous film. It's bringing out the worst in the internet. Uh, it wants to be a movie about the emptiness of our culture. It's a dangerous example. Um, I, I just... A lot of people are coming out against it. And... Yet... I don't know. 
uh, IndieWire called it a bold but incel-friendly origin story. Uh, the New Republic said, is this really the time to be lionizing such behavior? Uh, Vanity Fair called it a deeply troubling origin story and irresponsible propaganda for the very men it pathologizes. Is Joker celebratory or horrified? Is there simply no difference the way there wasn't a natural-born killers or myriad of other American man movies? I, I just... I, I think people are, are overreacting. Um, and of course, it, it's... I don't. I, I think people are being a little extreme, and and people are on edge. Obviously, Landmark Theaters has banned Joker costumes and masks during the theatrical run um, to make people feel more comfortable. This is per the Hollywood Reporter. I I think I read recently, um, another theater might have banned it. AMC is is allowing costumes. People are on edge, and that's understandable. Um, this is not a movie that's meant to be viewed as heroic. It's it's a it it a lot of people are comparing it to old school Scorsese in a way of not grandizing and not making these people we want someone to be look up to, but just exposing the the reality and the grittiness of of human emotion and humanity and, and the darkness that exists within it and obviously we'll talk about it a lot next week but I, I think people are overreacting I I pray to God nothing happens because that would just be horrible and and that's a whole nother issue entirely but I I just I hope these screenings don't have to deal with tragedy. That, that's all I'm going to say. Um, but. Uh, yeah. Oh man. That's a tough subject. Uh, the Rick. The Rock. The Rick. The Rock and Vin Diesel. Have apparently ended their feud. And. Uh, the Rock was teasing. A possible comeback. In a future fast movie. Uh, essentially saying, see you around, Toretto, uh, which is always a good thing. The Rock coming back to Fast and the Furious would be a very welcome sight. Uh, Keanu Reeves was being interviewed in, in regards to The Matrix 4 uh, and said it is a very ambitious script that uh, he hopes will be liked by the fans. So that's a good thing, especially uh, coming from the star who I thought was dead based off the other Matrix movies, but who knows? <laughs> um, then we got some new news uh, regarding uh, regarding the Batman. Apparently, um, apparently, Jonah Hill and Jeffrey Wright are in talks to star in the film alongside Robert Pattinson. Uh, Jeffrey Wright apparently is in the running for Commissioner Gordon. This is not 100% confirmed. This is all speculation and rumor right now. And Jonah Hill is possibly up for the Riddler or the Penguin, allegedly. Uh, I have. There's been more reports, though, around Jonah Hill. Apparently, he is yet to sign on. 
uh, over the script, the character, and money. And it's like, bro, this is a Batman movie. You're not the star. Relax here, bud. Like, chill. Like, I, I, I think you need to calm down. I think he would be an awesome Riddler. I don't think he would be a very good Penguin. Um, granted, he can come off as very edgelordy in some of his roles. If he played his Riddler character a little bit more like how he did Donnie in The Wolf of Wall Street, I, I think that would be a, a, a better better shot. Um, or maybe like a mix of his 21 Jump Street character. I, I could see that for sure. Um, Jeffrey Wright, I don't know if he's right for Commissioner Gordon. Um, he is a great actor. I love him, especially in, in James Bond and things like this. And in Westworld as Bernard. He's an awesome, awesome actor. I don't know if he's the right person for Gordon, per se. Um, rumors have also come out that Mahershala Ali was actually up for Gordon as well, Commissioner Gordon, but passed to become Blade in the M in the MCU. I don't know if Mahershala would have been the right choice for Commissioner Gordon as well. Um, if if I was gonna pick, if I was gonna stray from comics. And, God, this is going to come off real racist. Um, and I, I don't mean it that way. I I want someone older with more gravitas. Like, uh, let, let's go back to Batman vs. Superman and the Justice League. I thought J.K. Simmons was amazing as Commissioner Gordon. And, I, and he unfortunately did not get his full due. I could see Denzel in the role as Commissioner Gordon. That would really work. I don't know if Jeffrey Wright or Mahershala are the right person. They haven't really had roles like that. And that's my only concern. Gary Oldman, not a huge fan of his Commissioner Gordon. Not a huge fan of it. Now, are there other actors that could probably change my mind? Yes. Granted, anyone can be better than, than the guy that played Commissioner Gordon in... Even in my favorite Batman movie, the Tim Burton one. And then, granted, he was the same actor in the, the subsequent films. So, it, it, it all comes down to so many different factors. Now, another person I think could do it would be like Javier Bardem. I think he would be able to pull off a Commissioner Gordon very well. James Cromwell could probably do a really good Commissioner Gordon. Again, it just comes down to a lot of different factors and if they have the gravitas for the role. Like I said, I don't think Mahershala or Jeffrey Wright are the right person for it. And I don't. it has nothing to do with race because I know that's where people are automatically just going to assume because I don't like that. No, that's not true. Not fucking true at all. I just don't think they're the right people. Like, I didn't think that Ben Affleck was right for Batman until I saw it. I didn't think that Jared Leto was right for the Joker. And it turns out I was right. Now, we'll see what happens with Joaquin. So, we'll see what, what happens in the future. We will see what happens. Uh, we got news that Kevin Feige uh, will be developing a Star Wars film for Lucasfilm. And with that being said, uh, nobody knows what that's going to be. Is it going to be what's going on with the DB 
the D&D movies, the D.B. Weiss, Dan Weiss, and God, I already forgot their names, the Game of Thrones guys, Ryan Johnson's movie, what's going on over there? I mean, how many Star Wars movies they got in development? I thought they were trying to slow things down. Um, and the rumor with that, though, is that Kevin Feige will be next in line to take over from Lucasfilm after Kathleen Kennedy's contract is up in 2021. Because by that point, she will have been in charge of uh, uh, Lucasfilm since 2013. So that is a very, very, very long time for her to have been in charge over there. And that's something that'll be interesting. Granted, who would take over for him at Marvel is the more interesting thing to think of. Because if um, she, she, if he leaves Marvel and goes to Lucasfilm, I, I don't know what would happen. Um, I don't know what would happen with that. So that's, uh, interesting. If you ask me, I think that, um, if any person should take over for Kathleen at Lucasfilm, it should be Dave Filoni, the man who's been in charge of all the Disney animation shows. Um, he's the one who's really just, he worked hand in hand with George to make sure that everything fit George's vision. I, I think he's the best person to take over after Kathleen. Kathleen's done a very fine job. Don't get me wrong. She's, she's amazing. She's been an amazing producer for years. Her and her husband, Frank Marshall, have produced just about every Spielberg and Lucasfilm and every amazing movie under the sun for the last three decades or so, almost four decades. Um, I, I, if, if, if I was in charge and if I had more sway with my Disney stock, I would choose Dave Filoni, but that's just me. Um, I know, I, I know Kevin Feige's a big Star Wars fan. I just, I, I think you need to have someone who's been born and bred at Lucasfilm and Dave Filoni is that person. Um, and, and speaking of, of that whole situation, uh, Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, uh, recently published or had his memoirs published and a little snippet came out about, I guess George Lucas was disappointed, um, in, in what happened with the force awakens. And, and I don't blame him. And, uh, I guess George said, uh, t according to Bob Iger, there weren't enough visual or technical leaps forward. Totally agree with that. I mean, that's something um, George always pushed for in his movies. Uh, the book is called The Ride of a Lifetime, Lessons Learned from 15 Years as CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Uh, Iger is set to step down in a couple of years. And um, so this is this is direct from the book. In each of the films in the original trilogy, uh, this is reported by IGN, in each of the films in the original trilogy, it was important to George to present new worlds, new stories, new characters, and new technologies. In this one, he said, there weren't enough visual or technological leaps forward. Um, Iger says he acknowledges Lucas wasn't wrong, but also stated that Disney needed to still make a film that was quintessentially Star Wars, quote, um, Iger says he wasn't wrong, but he also wasn't appreciating the pressure we were under to give ardent fans a film that felt quintessentially Star Wars. We'd intentionally created a world 
that was visually and tonally connected to the earlier films to not stray too far from what people loved and expected, and George was criticizing us for the very thing we were trying to do. Hmm. I mean, he's not wrong. Um, There were other parts of the book where Iger goes on to say that George was, was frustrated and felt betrayed when they decided to not use his stories because that's kind of one of the reasons they bought Lucasfilm and Star Wars and everything was because of the stories that he had written uh, for his trilogy, uh, his sequel trilogy as it's called. And obviously I would feel betrayed too. It's like it's your baby, you're you're giving it up. You, While there wasn't explicit things in writing that said they were 100% going to develop his treatment and his story... Um, it's still a little souring, um, and as you might recall, George walked away from Star Wars for quite a while. Now he's just kind of a consultant. Um, he helped with Solo. He, I'm sure, he helped with Last Jedi and maybe possibly the Rise of Skywalker. Um, but but it, it's a kind of a good thing too that we didn't use. They didn't use his stories. Uh, he kind of put out in an interview last year about him focusing on the Wills and bringing midi chlorians back, and people were like, whoa, whoa, uh. Uh-uh. Even if The Force Awakens was bad, we don't want that stuff back. So, it makes sense. It makes sense. And uh, it, it, I, I get it. I understand why he felt um, why he felt betrayed. So, that that's, that's definitely something to be upset about. Um, but kind of kind of capping off here. I, I know we we've we've. Uh, gone a little long today um we have gone a little long today but uh let's uh let's kind of talk about staying on star wars here so force friday was announced or triple force friday whatever the fuck they're calling it nowadays um which is the day that a, a lot of star wars merchandise goes on sale before the the movie comes out and we got a whole lot of stuff uh, we even got to see two new characters were announced, and a, a lot of interesting things, including first looks at stuff from The Mandalorian, a lot of interesting characters and toys from even Jedi Fallen Order. So th- there's a lot of things, surprisingly, that got shown off in, in all the toys. So it's for uh, Triple Force Friday, because they're doing three of them this time, and... Oh, it's it's uh it's this this Friday, all these toys come out. So th- this week, uh, a lot of new toys for Rise of the Skywalker. Um, some new Ray toys, and uh, these are all the Black series. They're doing the Sith Trooper, the Riot Trooper, uh, some of the new characters, the new Snow Trooper. Then they're also doing like special Black series action figures that have. Uh, like different color boxes than the normal black box. Like there's the new uh, Jet Trooper that looks really cool. They got this interesting helmet. The second sister Inquisitor from Fallen Order. Uh, the Sith Trooper, very similar to the one that was at Comic-Con. Uh, also the Mandalorian himself, which is just going to be his name. Uh, good luck getting a lot of these toys at Target, by the way. Uh, all the new Funkos and, and the new Bobbleheads. Um... What, what we did notice now is there is a tattoo on uh, Gina Carano's character in The Mandalorian, and it's actually the, the crest of the Rebellion. 
um, and and a lot whole whole lot of other stuff. So uh, new vehicles. So it looks like we're going back to Endor in some capacity in the Mandalorian, and there's going to be some kind of like pirated ATSD that has a lot of red accent features on it. Uh, we got to look at the new Lego Y-Wing, which is red instead of yellow like uh, and blue like they were in A New Hope and things like this. A lot of other new Lego sets. There's this ridiculous-looking Yoda set, and the eyes are super fucking creepy, and I don't know who signed off on that. The really cool toys, though, are the new Galaxy of, uh, Galaxy of Adventure toys. So Galaxy of Adventures are the those new shorts that are on YouTube that are for kids, and it's got this really cool art style that that reminds me a lot of of Disney Plus. Uh, uh, what was that game? The the Disney game with the like the amiibo like things. Uh, Disney Infinity, that's what it's called. Um, but instead of those being like the little Disney Infinity characters, these are like full size characters. The Darth Vader one's really cool looking, and they do have some other characters available. Then Hasbro announced a bunch of new droid toy sets that you can play around with and uh i guess the galaxy of adventure sets come in multi-packs as well uh we got to look at a new force first order vehicle as well as there's some gold double packs that are uh commemorative editions to, to commemorate the saga no new koto bukia action artifact statues New lightsaber toys, new Nerf guns, new helmets, uh, Black Series helmets to, to purchase and things like this. A new Kylo Ren lightsaber, which is about $350, I think, or $300, excuse me. A lot of stuff. There's even going to be exclusive toys at uh, Disney Parks, especially in Galaxy's Edge, that are coming. Uh, and then, of course, some other new stuff. Uh, and some kind of coding kit that's available. The Mandalorian to toys, though, are the ones that that pique my interest the most. And those Lego sets are really cool. Like so, this this ATST is called the Raider ATST. Uh, it's got some new legs. It's got robotic legs and things like this. They also have like a um, like a scaled version that will be a, be available at Best Buy. And then they announced a lot of Fallen Order toys as well. And they're getting there's a, a special edition GameStop version of what's called the uh, I guess what are they calling it? Um, I'm looking at this. Hold on. Uh, it's the Sinister Purge Trooper, and I'm guessing this is the one that comes with the special edition of the game that GameStop has. Uh, really sick. It looks like a mix between. A uh, uh, the Dark Troopers and a Clone Trooper and a Storm Trooper. They got this really cool black outfit and the DC-17 gun. I'm pretty sure that the clones had. Uh, all this comes out on October 4th and, and later, obviously. But that's all the new toys that were announced. No word yet on the new books or comics. I think that comes a little later as we get closer and closer to the release of the film but uh that's it for today thank you guys for coming and listening in i know it was a long one uh, got a lot of stuff to talk about but at least we got through it uh next week we'll talk about 
the Surface event that Microsoft is having this week. We will talk about the Ash redesign that came out for the new anime. Uh, of course, that live stream that's happening for Pokemon and Ghost Recon news, or, or how, how I'm liking the new Ghost Recon that comes out this week, as well as uh, some of Destiny on PC. I'm going to check that out as well. But whatever's news is news, and, and we'll find out as, as time goes on. Thank you guys for listening. As always, check out nixnerdnews.com where you can find links to social media like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, you can also listen to the show right then and there. And if you prefer to listen on the go, you can find links to our Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes pages. So, as always, just check out nixnerdnews.com and you guys can, can interact with me there. Otherwise, I will catch you guys on the flip side.